This episode is brought to you by Avast, global leaders in digital security for network operators. They can build a safer digital world for your customers and their families. Discover more at avast.com partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot com slash partners. Hi there, and welcome to another 5G update. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm the editor-in-chief of Light Reading, and I'm joined today by Pablo Tomasi, who is uh, one of our analysts at Omdia, and he's on the IoT Networks team and looks at IoT uh, and private networks. Pablo, how are you? Uh, Hi, Phil. I'm very good, thanks. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, great to talk to you. And uh, I, I, you know, I would always prefer that that I get a chance to go to our London studio, but we'll make do with this for now. <laughs> um, thanks for uh, uh, for doing this. Um, I guess I'll plug something on the light reading site, and then I'll then I'll then I'll get around to asking you a proper question. But um, uh, on light reading, we recently published a really uh, extensive story on uh, CBRS spectrum, and we mapped out where it is in the U.S. Who owns what? If you haven't seen that story, go to Light Reading, search CBRS, and it'll be there. Um, but as we're putting all of that out there, it got me to wonder how CBRS is going to change the landscape for private networks, because I could kind of see a scenario where this helps service providers and then where it also makes things a lot more competitive for them. Um, what's your what's your view on CBRS and private networks? And then... Uh, uh, maybe you could give us one side or the other, whether whether this seems like it's going to help them or hurt them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, to be fair, the, the answer is a little bit in, in the middle, so to speak. So if you look about CBRS, what CBRS wanted to do was effectively uh, enable a democratization of spectrum. So mm-hmm. bringing the spectrum more into the hands of the enterprise. And that is pretty much in line with what we see for private networks. Now, at the same time, of course, there are other other interests in the market. And particularly, uh, we have the you know telco ecosystem and their traditional interests. So uh, what we've seen from the auction of the priority access license is that effectively CBRS has... Uh, has been sort of a half empty, half full glass. So it, okay. it has matched, has delivered some of the innovation in terms of private networks. And, and I can talk in a little bit about some of the providers that they are really bringing forward the private network uh, conversation and marketing. At the same time, a lot of the licenses that have been uh, won by telcos and they have now the opportunity to either focus on developing their private network market or they, they will use those licenses first and foremost to drive their traditional business. Now, that could be in order to um, uh, deliver fixed wireless access, or it could be used to uh, augment the the network, so increase the capacity and make sure that you know their network uh, for the traditional consumer segment is as strong as possible. So overall, CBRS has been, uh, uh, you know, a step in the right direction towards you know private networks and sort of the the world of enterprises but it, it has not been a revolution so this is okay. something that i always want to make uh, quite clear it's it's not that it's changing the private network um sphere from one day to the other now looking a little bit more on the on the politics side for innovation then we see that there are a lot of companies that are being attracted to this market 
So we see companies virtually from every corner of the tech ecosystem that are now looking at the private network opportunity and uh, they are developing new solutions and they are bringing private networks to a different industries, whether we're talking about the smart campus or whether we're talking about manufacturing. There's a lot of innovation from companies such as Federated Wireless or Barcelona, which are really targeting the private network market at the moment. Yeah, let's. Um, uh, I want to key in on on what Federated Wireless is doing. Uh, you know, just to just to give a specific company instance of how they've um, uh, taken advantage of this space. How how are they approaching the market, and what makes their um, uh, what makes what they're doing a little a little bit different than like you know than your traditional telco. So what what they're doing is provide connectivity as a service. So effectively, they want to provide a, a fully managed option for private networks, and they are relying on uh, taking away complexity from 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 the enterprise. So you can purchase their. Uh, the solution of the wireless from AWS or Microsoft marketplaces. And, and effectively you can theoretically, you know, with one click, you can buy the solution. And, and then it, this is uh, the same way that um, an enterprise IT manager buys any IT product, you can actually, you know, embark in a private network journey. So this is something that is quite, uh, quite different from uh, a lot of the things that we are seeing in the, in the private network space. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of the examples of different, Different approaches that we see in the market at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting because I think when uh, Microsoft was making a series of acquisitions, they had made the comment that um, that you know five G eventually was just going to be a service on the cloud. You know that you'd be able to purchase and provision everything you would need for for a private network or for um, you know cellular a cellular network. Uh, as as a cloud service or as cloud application, so it sounds like the federated wireless guys are heading in that direction a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know the the big cloud players they they are all you know well well into this idea of of five G, well into this idea of private networks. And correctly as you said, Microsoft has been acquiring a few companies. Now the the rationale behind the acquisition is not strictly speaking only or necessarily private networks, but you can mm-hmm. see how this idea of 5G for the enterprise and as a consequence of this also private networks, they, it plays definitely a role in the reason why Microsoft has you know decided to spend that money. Yeah, since we're um, going to the big 5G event and we're going to be talking about all things big 5G, um, what, what, uh, what impact is 5G having on the private networks, uh, space, uh, whether it's, you know, bringing in new innovation, you know, new companies, as you say, or is it, uh, is it just sort of allowing a different kind of service or is it still, are we still in that earlier part where there's, you know, things haven't really, uh, gotten going yet in that space? I mean, if we look at a private private network point of view, and we are tracking private network deployment in uh, within Omdia, the majority of the of the network deployment are still based on LTE. So mm-hmm. the market is effectively LTE based. Now we see that five G is increasing. However, it's a it's a long game, right? Five G is not going to become the leading technology for private networks any anytime soon. Uh, however, it it still plays an important role. Like a lot of the marketing hype 
is effectively generating leads. So a company mm -hmm. may start discussing, okay, what's the opportunity for 5G? And, you know, whilst you're having that conversation that you can say, okay, you know, 5G is a few years down the line, but at this point in time, I can use private LT networks to develop X, Y, and Z. And then this will be on the road to 5G, you know, whenever that, that will happen. So it's sort of a, of a hook to start that, uh, that conversation. Yeah, that makes sense. That happens in all kinds of technology markets. You know, you, you start talking about the leading thing and then they kind of back you down from that. <laughs> say, exactly. If you buy this one thing now, we'll get you ready for it. You know, so that makes sense. Okay. Well, um, uh, let's see any, any, uh, anything you're looking forward to in the next, uh, uh, say, I mean, like predictions are kind of out the window right now, but <laughs> I guess, are there any market developments you're looking forward to in the near future um, in the private network space? Any any particular verticals seem to be taking off or is there any type of uh, um, technology uh, thing that's going to ignite in, in the next little while? Oh, you know, there is a, a lot, lot of things happening in the private networks world. Maybe just a picking up a couple of verticals, uh, pretty much every company that I, that I talk to, they see manufacturing and industry 4.0 as a, as a key opportunity. Uh, and mm -hmm. this is because of, you know, many reasons, starting with the size of, you know, the, the, the industrial, industrial vertical. So yeah. that's definitely something where we will see a lot of innovation, a lot of competition. And it's also a very, very risky vertical because cellular is not a vertical, is not a technology that, is using their vertical and therefore there is a big opportunity but also quite a, quite a lot of challenge uh i know another couple of verticals that are quite interesting and this is related with covid19 so we've seen that there is a clear interest in the education and the asker sector for obvious reasons um mm -hmm. so this is something that in the in the more shorter term we will see a lot of activity all right. Fantastic. Uh, Pablo Tomasi, thanks so much for uh, uh, speaking with us today. And please do check out uh, his fine work at the Big 5G event. Thanks to Avast for their sponsorship this week. Avast's award-winning security solutions make it easy for your customers to stay safe online, no matter how many devices they use. Learn more at avast.com partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot partners.